Today's episode is brought to you by my book, The Toxic Masculinity Crisis, available now at Amazon.com. The effort to redefine masculinity has gone too far, has seeped too deeply into our society, and is causing problems. <clears throat> the young men are growing up not knowing what they are, what they're supposed to be. The toxic masculinity crisis will set them straight. It's a good book. Some stories. Some old, old stories. Some real life stories. You know, it's a good time. Not a long book. Easy read. Only $11.99. Can't beat it. Now listen, I know that history is not the strong suit of America. We're not big on history in America. We like to forget um, it's one of our more redeeming qualities as a people. You know, we're big on forgiving people for stuff they did in the past. It's kind of weird when it becomes a sport. Sometimes it seems like we create celebrities just to destroy them, just to let them redeem themselves. But we're not big on history. But I want, I want to ask you to come for a ride with me way, way back to 2015 I know it was a long time ago but it's necessary back in 2015 Donald J. Trump was a candidate for the Republican Party primary for the President of the United States of America and the news media decided in their infinite wisdom to cover him negatively almost 24 hours a day. They decided to talk about everything he said, everything he did, everywhere he went. They decided to exaggerate his statements. They decided to do the whole chicken little routine with his every word. Every time Donald Trump spoke, the, the world was coming to an end. The sky was falling. It started with a comment about the people who are coming to the United States illegally. Now, like much of what Donald J. Trump's, J. Trump says, the comment was sort of clumsy. But essentially, his point was that some of the people who come to the United States illegally are criminals. Rapists, murderers, drug dealers, gang members. That is true. And the news media decided to run with the idea that he was saying that all Mexicans were rapists and murderers and drug dealers. Which would take about nine seconds of research to learn that most of the immigrants who come here illegally aren't even Mexicans. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. They played the clip of what he said and let you hear it and then told you he was saying that all Mexicans were rapists and murderers. Now, the reason they do things like this is is complicated and can be confusing. But essentially it boils down to the idea that the news media in the United States of America thinks that you're stupid. And so they think that you don't have an opinion unless they tell you what your opinion should be 
because you're not smart enough to think of an opinion. So they'll play an audio clip or a video clip of someone saying something and rather than allow you the courtesy of thinking of what that means or how it fits into the bigger picture of life in general, they will then tell you what it means. And oftentimes, they're not telling you the truth. But unfortunately for them, the American people are smart enough, certainly much, much, much smarter than the media or politicians give them credit for being, but are smart enough to hear the words of a person and understand what they're talking about without being told. So if you lie about what it means, people know that you're lying. In the process of trying to demonize Donald Trump, the news media made him the Uber candidate. On the one hand, they gave him free commercials every day of an entire campaign. And on the other hand, he started to become the victim, in the eyes of the American people, the victim of a mean press. And they have literally no one to blame for that but themselves. Because along with not being huge fans of history, America, despite what they'd like to tell you about America, America loves an underdog. America wants to see somebody win who's being mistreated. America wants fairness and justice. So if you have a political campaign and one candidate says some clumsy things and the other candidate is obviously a criminal, there are other factors. You know, there are people who wanted a female president. There are people who are staunchly anti-Republican. They're dyed-in-the-wool Democrats. I get all that. But those swing votes that everyone's always after see this biased treatment by the media and it endears Donald Trump to them. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say the media elected Donald Trump president, but they helped. And they helped by allowing him to be a victim. Otherwise, he's not a victim. He's a 74-year-old billionaire who's six foot four. He's not exactly a victim. It's not an easy person to paint as a victim, but they managed to do it. Now you'd think victiming somebody into being president of the United States of America, somebody who you don't want to be president of the United States of America, would be sufficient enough lesson that they would stop it and not do it. Oh no. It's like they can't help themselves. So now you have Alex Jones and Infowars. Now, Alex Jones could be construed to be a crazy person. There is evidence that he is a crazy person. He said the Sandy Hook shooting never happened. He talks about demon, trans-dimensional demons stealing children and whatever. 
Now, on the other side of that coin is he's the one who exposed Bohemian Grove for what it actually was. He's the one who exposed Bilderberg for what it actually was. And although I don't think the globalists are responsible for everything that happens in your life that you don't like, I do think that there is, and I think Bilderberg is good evidence of this, there is an effort amongst certain people who've achieved a high level of success in government and business and finance and military to meet together and come up with plans of things to do in the future where they work together behind the scenes. I think Alex Jones exposed that well. And at the same time, he talks about how the globalists are turning frogs gay and, uh, what is it, chemtrails and all that stuff. I don't think he's a flat earther, but he could be, right? He's, the, he's in that, that ballpark. Most people who have been exposed to Alex Jones are kind of like, eh, guy's a little out there. But he does have legions of rabid, passionate fans, followers. And he's built that up in large part by painting himself as a complete and total outsider. Somebody who's one of us fighting the good fight. Not beholden to corporate interests. So today, for some reason today, Alex Jones was kicked off of Facebook, iTunes, I think Spotify. Because CNN complained that Alex Jones had too big of an audience. He doesn't have a bigger audience. Like, Alex Jones is not more popular than he was. He was probably most popular during the Iraq War, which is one of the funnier things, is that he was against the war and against the Bushes. And nobody really kind of fussed at him when he was against the Bushes. But now that he's pro-Trump, now he's dangerous. I've got to get him off the air. When he was anti-Bush, he was okay. So he had a voice on the right that was against the Republican Party at the time. Nobody minded that. But now that he's pro-Trump, Alex has got to go. But somehow they've missed it. They don't understand that by pulling him off the air, by letting him go talk about how the globalist media has persecuted him, by letting Paul Joseph Watson go out and talk about how Alex Jones is being persecuted by the um, the media elites, the globalist media elites, you're making him into a victim. This is how you got Trump elected. You're going to make him way more appealing to way more people because they're going to find out this guy was banned from all this these outlets and they're going to go check it out. He's still on satellite radio. He's still on terrestrial radio. He still has his own website. You can still watch his videos there. So people who don't know who he is are going to be like, huh, this guy got banned? Let's go check it out. And they're going to find out that he's not really that crazy. 
Well, he's certainly not dangerous. I guess he's crazy. He's not dangerous. And they're going to think, why did this guy get banned? And they're going to trust you less and listen to him more. You're making him more powerful. By censoring him, you're making him more powerful. The best thing that can happen to Alex Jones is to be thrown off of media platforms. Because that's his whole brand. His brand is that he's an outsider and that the globalist media elites are against him and they're fighting him and you need to buy his supplements to help him in his mission. His whole thing is called Infowars. His premise is that the mainstream media lies to you, and this has been his premise since the 1990s. The mainstream media lies to you, and he's there to tell you the truth. He'll be the one to tell you the truth because he's not beholden to corporate globalist interests. Then you ban him from media. You're just confirming what he said. It's like David Koresh. The federal government was fully aware of the fact that David Koresh has told his followers that the federal government was going to come with armed militaristic police and kill him. They knew that for years he had prophesied his, his own demise at the hands of the United States federal government showing up with military hardware dressed in military uniforms killing him. So what did they do? They showed up in military hardware with tanks. So what did the people inside do that believed in David Koresh and his prophecy had just come true? They started trying to defend the place and shooting You, you made him look like a prophet to people who thought he might be a prophet. And that's what they're doing to Alex Jones. Alex Jones has said that he's against the corporate media elite, and now they're proving that they're against him and they're fighting him. He's said in his little tagline is, there's a war on for your mind, and you're making that look true. You're making it look like the reality is that you are trying to censor any voice that talks out against the media elite. It plays right into his message. It plays right into his brand. It's the greatest favor you could do for him is to pull him off the air. They don't get it. They don't see it. Like the best thing you could do with like actual Nazis, which I'm not talking about regular conservatives or, or, uh, or people who didn't vote for Hillary. I'm talking about actual Nazis. The best thing you can do is let them talk. They will talk other people out of following them very quickly because they're idiots. Alex Jones is crazy enough to turn off most people. Most people are going to listen to Alex Jones and go, eh, it's a little nutty. The way he delivers his message is out there. His message itself is a little out there. Most people aren't interested. Allowing him to put videos on YouTube is not doing anything. It's not hurting anybody. It's certainly not helping him as much as taking him off YouTube. Taking him off YouTube is the greatest thing you could ever do. I, if it came out later that Alex Jones paid YouTube to pull him off YouTube, I wouldn't be surprised. There's nothing I can imagine that would be better for Alex Jones than being pulled from social media, from YouTube. From It's perfect. He loves it. When you make somebody into looking like an aggrieved, abused, oppressed party, you make them more appealing. So as if not to be outdone, this morning, Candace Owens and Charlie Kirk we're having breakfast somewhere. Philadelphia, I think. And Antifa showed up to do what uh, Maxine Waters told them to do, yell at people while they're eating breakfast so they can't eat breakfast peacefully. Now, Charlie Kirk is a young man who started a program to 
deliver a conservative message to college students. And I've talked about him a little bit before. What he's best at is raising money to pay Charlie Kirk to deliver a conservative message to college students because he's managed to get millions and millions of dollars donated to his organization. Now, Charlie never went to college, but he's convinced that it's the last bastion of communism and he needs to defeat it, which isn't entirely false, except that Charlie's not that smart. And so what he does is he repeats quotes from other people on Twitter and in his speeches. His Twitter is a quote machine, only he doesn't use quotation marks or the person's name who he stole the quote from, so it sounds like Charlie's really smart when really it's Benjamin Franklin or Ronald Reagan or Ludwig von Mises or somebody, other personality on Twitter earlier that day. He doesn't really even try to hide the fact that he's doing it. If you really wanted to do something about Charlie Kirk, the best thing you could do is let him talk for a long time because he's going to run out of quotes and sound bites and you'll expose him for what he is. A really good fundraiser without a lot of well-thought-out principles. Which is fine. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with him or who he is. But to pretend that he's a genius and that he's a threat to America if you're a Democrat is just ridiculous. He's not a threat to anything. Candace Owens is his protege. She was a young lady in Connecticut who got some kind of, I don't know the story, but something. she got racist messages from the, the mayor of her town's son or something and made a big deal out of it. And then she came up with this idea to create a website where um, trolls wouldn't be able to hide their identity which of course was never going to happen and then that got thrown away and I think she was a Democrat. Well, now she works for Charlie and her, her uh, goal or message or her job is to deliver the conservative message to black inner city people, which I'm pretty sure she's a Connecticut uh, suburban girl. But anyway, that's what she does. And uh, much like Charlie, she's sort of a bit of a quote machine, although... Um, makes longer statements that aren't quotes, so maybe she's a little bit more on her game. And, um, but not a lot of original ideas. My proof that if you would like to expose most people in the media or in politics, all you need to do is let give them a long time to talk is the Joe Rogan podcast. On the Joe Rogan experience, he had Candace Owens on, Candace Owens on after, um, Kanye West had said he likes the way that she thinks. He got himself in a bunch of hot water because she's a Trump supporter. And then Kanye said he loved Trump and it caused all kinds of attention. And then he put out an album. And <laughs> um, Yeah. So Joe Rogan had her on his show and they talked for about three hours and it became clear fairly early on, not that she's not an intelligent young lady, but that uh, she didn't have a lot to say about the things that she talks about. And the most glaring example of that was that she was she doesn't believe in climate change. And then when pressed, uh, she repeated the phrase, it's not a hill I would die on, or it's not something I talk about, over and over and over again. But wouldn't say she was climate change agnostic. So she had zero information, but she was not going to even admit that it was a possibility. And it was just kind of embarrassing and, and clumsy and 
She pretty much made a fool of herself. I don't think it would take two and a half hours to expose Charlie Kirk, but that's just neither here nor there. So Antifa goes after them today while they're having breakfast. Now, here's what the rest of the country sees. What Antifa sees is two conservatives having breakfast. And, and Maxine Waters told them to harass conservatives everywhere they are. Don't let them have any moment of peace in America. So Antifa is going to go and make sure they don't get to have breakfast. Now, someone took a video. And on the video, you see a bunch of white men dressed in black block outfits. Black pants, black shirt, black hat, black bandana. Yelling at a young black woman telling her to get out of the restaurant. Calling her a white supremacist. It, it doesn't... I'm not kidding, they did that. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that that looks really bad. If you show a video of white men screaming at a black woman, I don't think it really matters what the deal is or what the situation is or what happened. It looks really bad. They don't get it. So the police have to come to help Charlie and Candace, I don't know, do what? Get out of the restaurant, get to safety. There's a video of Charlie and Candace standing on the sidewalk outside the restaurant where Antifa has followed them out there and is screaming at them still. And while the officer is talking to Charlie Kirk, Candace is standing in the foreground. And some guy comes over and leans himself all up against her all creepy and whispers something in her ear. Just looks super sleazy. You're making irrelevant people relevant. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I keep thinking of when Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader are having their sword fight in the first Star Wars movie, which I know is not the first one, it's the fourth one, but bear with me. The oldest Star Wars movie... And Luke, or uh, Darth Vader tells him he's going to win. And Obi-Wan Kenobi says that if you strike me down, I'll be more po powerful than you can even imagine. And then Darth Vader cuts him in half. But he doesn't get cut in half. He disappears. And then he comes back as that glowing, blue, fuzzy cloud thing. That's what you're doing. That's what you did to Donald Trump. That's what you're going to do to Alex Jones. That's what you're doing to Candace and Charlie. Now, Alex Jones has built up an audience of, I think, over a million people, a daily audience of over a million people. So it's not like he was completely irrelevant. Candace and Charlie could be completely irrelevant very soon. It wouldn't be hard. Unless you go make victims out of them. Unless you go harass them at restaurants and I can show videos of white men screaming at a little black girl. She's not a little girl. She's an adult, but... She's not big. She's not physically imposing. You're just shoving people over to that side. People who, uh, man, I don't know. The f I don't like InfoWars. I'm not a big Alex Jones fan. Although, like I said, I do appreciate the, some of the work that he's done. He has exposed some big issues. Bilderberg is the one, to me, that's the biggest deal. You've got sitting uh, members of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, sitting members of, uh, high-ranking members of our intelligence community, along with bankers and businessmen and foreign intelligence people and foreign military and American military, all meeting together in secret. 
That's a problem. Not a big fan of that. But generally speaking, I'm not a fan of Alex Jones. I don't believe that there are interdimensional demons that come to take your children and eat them. I don't think that airplanes are poisoning everyone. I don't think that there's a, a satellite array in Alaska that's controlling the weather. Like, all these nutty things he believes, I don't believe any of that stuff. So, and I also don't enjoy listening to him talk because he's constantly yelling and screaming and whispering and crying. He's very Glenn Becky. He's like an angry Glenn Beck in his presentation style. Very emotional, there's tears a lot of times. Not a fan of InfoWars. And here I am defending InfoWars, telling you why you should leave them alone. Why the heck should I be the one telling you? I don't even like InfoWars. I don't care if they get banned from YouTube. I don't care if they get banned from iTunes and Spotify. It doesn't matter to me. I don't listen to them anyway. But you're making it more powerful. And Candace and Charlie drive me nuts. drives me nuts because there's some like really smart conservatives out there who don't have a platform and like I said a big part of why Charlie has a platform is because he's really good at raising money so good for him I'm not saying that he doesn't have a right to it but why do you want to make him bigger and I don't know if it's the job numbers or the what Candace has done or Kanye West saying he loved Trump I don't know what the story is but the polled support for Trump among the African Americans in America is really high double what it was when he got elected that's a lot of people Millions, a couple million people who are willing to admit they support Trump. That should be terrifying. So I don't know what level of impact or how much of that impact was caused by Candace's urban outreach program. But you got to figure some attractive young lady, as long as she's in a confined uh, space of a speech or or a very short interview program, she seems pretty smart. Like she knows what she's talking about. You really want to make a victim out of her? You really want to make her seem so sympathetic? And I see the news covering it. Like, oh, you know, white supremacists thrown out a breakfast joint. And then they have a picture of a white guy and a black woman. Like, what are you doing? You idiots. This is why the media is lost in this country. This is why people talk about fake news. What in the world is wrong with you? Why would you do this? Why would you make them huge? Why would you make them super? Why would you make people pay attention to them in this way? This is exactly what got you Trump elected president. This is exactly what makes people sympathetic to the American people when you go after them and attack them. But here we are. In one day, we're going to go after Alex Jones and get him pulled off the air. And we're going to go after Charlie and Candace in public and have a bunch of white men screaming at a black lady that she's a white supremacist. Way to go. Brilliant. I, for one, when the people who don't agree with me politically, I would like them to talk more. I think that's the best thing. Somebody like Bill, Bernie Sanders or this Angela Ocasio Hernandez, whatever her name is, and uh, the new Democratic Socialist who got won the primary in New York City. I would like her to talk lots, lots and lots. And I don't want to silence her. I want to let her talk as much as humanly possible. 
because it exposes people for who they are. Of course, then I also trust regular people to make good decisions. So, you know, I'm not trying to control anybody or their thought process. Listen, I hope you all have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and we will catch you tomorrow.